Homestyle Green, episode 95. What are Homestar mandatory minimums and how do you achieve them? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. I'm the host of the show, Matthew Cutler-Welsh, and it's a pleasure to be back with you from the studio again. This is the podcast all about inspiring people to make a better place to live. Now, a few episodes back, we had a I had a request to deep dive into some more Homestar uh, information. For those that don't know, I worked uh, with the Green Building Council for three and just over three and a half years, and during that time, I spent quite a lot of um, my time working in and around Homestar. Plus now I am a Homestar Assessor. And I thought this is a really good topic to cover because it's sure it's directly relevant to creating better homes in New Zealand. But Homestar is based on the UK Code for Sustainable Homes and is also very similar to the US Green Building Council's Lead for Homes. So I think all the um, fundamentals and the principles are applicable pretty much wherever you are. So uh, if you're listening to this outside New Zealand, then stay tuned because hopefully the things that we're going to talk about today will also be relevant to uh, to wherever you are building your house or renovating. Before we get into today's show, I just want to shout out to Nadora who helped get this podcast out there. And Nadora is a great solution to get some of the fundamentals sorted. Particularly, we're going to talk about one of them today, which is insulating the importance of insulating your concrete slab. And Nudora is an insulated concrete form, and it is a very easy way uh, to achieve a good level of insulation in your concrete slab. But you don't have to stop there. You can go up and keep building up your walls using insulated concrete forms. It's a very quick method of, of construction, and it also has lots of other benefits, including excellent sound insulation properties, good thermal insulation, and good strength as well. So check them out, energyefficientbuilding.co.nz, or you can go to nudura.com. The particular topic that I'm going to talk about today is the men or are the various mandatory minimums that are part of the Homestar scale. Now, the reason why mandatory minimums are so important is because they are they can be the, the gatekeeper, if you like, or the the thing that will prevent you from getting a good score. And the the example I like to give is that you can put loads and loads of solar power, uh, solar panels on your roof and, and loads of, you could be self-reliant in terms of um, water, for example, like having lots of uh, rainwater collection. But if you don't have the fundamentals sorted, then you're not going to get very far up the scale. And that's what the mandatory minimums do. Um, they're called mandatory minimums because you, you have to have them in order to move up pretty much beyond a two star so they start kicking in right at that uh, at that lower level there are only three main categories that um, the mandatory minimums apply to but there are a few different levels and I'll, I'll go through them 
So first of all, before we get too into the details, a quick recap. Homestar is New Zealand's environmental rating tool. So it's not just an energy rating tool. You need to keep that in mind. It's a comprehensive environmental rating tool. And I like to think of it as with the Code for Sustainable Homes and Lead for Homes and, and various other comprehensive environmental tools. They basically des define what sustainability means in that particular region. So at the far end of the scale, if you have a, um, a very high rated, uh, say a Homestar home, then it's basically going to be the epitome of a sustainability for, uh, in this case, New Zealand. And in fact, no one's ever reached a 10 yet, which is a, it's a 10 star scale. And 10 would essentially be self-reliant and really showing world leadership in terms of design and construction. So in order to get there, you need to collect a bunch of points, but collecting points in itself isn't enough. You also have to make sure a few key fundamentals are addressed. And I thought this was a good place to start our deep dive into the various aspects of, of Homestar, simply because those mandatory minimums are that important. So in the blog post, if you head on over to homestylegreen.com slash 95, I've listed all the details out there in a table, and it's probably a little bit easier to read, but I will um, ex I'll, I'll read it out uh, for those that are listening. But head on over to the website, and you can all the all the details will be will be there. So, in order to achieve a three home star rating or above, so to go beyond just a basic two stars, then there's a mandatory minimum of achieving seven point six points out of 15 points available for the credit about all to do with um, whole house thermal performance. So this is uh, energy health and comfort credit number six, which is whole house thermal performance. So that's the first one. And the first level uh, to going from, from a two star to a three star. Then we go further up the scale a little bit and the next ones kick in if you want to go beyond a five star. And this is affecting a lot of people now here in Auckland that are building a new home in a special housing area and are coming up with a requirement or the market demand for a six home star rating. And in order to achieve a six or above, then you need to go a little bit beyond the first requirement. You need to actually get 10 points out of the available 15 for whole house thermal performance. Uh, but on top of that, you also need to achieve three points out of an available 4.5 points in the next credit, which is all to do with moisture control. So that's energy, health and comfort credit number seven. Moving up again, if you want to get higher than six stars, so if you want seven or above, then you Sorry, if you want to get six stars or above, this, so this is a, a, a third requirement if you want to achieve a six home star rating, you also need to have some water efficiency measures in place. Specifically, you need to have dual flush toilets with a minimum capacity of uh, six and three litres for the dual flush. And you need to have showers with a flow rate of no more than nine litres per minute. Uh, and that's equivalent to a three-star wells, which is the water efficiency labelling scheme uh, star rating. 
for that shower head. So there are three requirements there for getting six stars. Um, two to do with getting um, points for whole house therm performance, one for a moisture control and a, and a third one for uh, the internal potable water use or the, the efficiency of the water fittings in the home. And then the final uh, mandatory minimum is for seven stars or above. So this is getting to a, to a high level of performance now. And uh, this comes back again to that uh, energy, health and comfort credit number six, which is the whole house thermal performance. And you need to achieve 11.5 out of 15 points. Now, there's a good chance that all of that doesn't mean anything. It's We're getting very technical here and we're deep diving into some of the point criteria, the points requirements for that specific credit. And those won't mean anything unless you are a Homestar Assessor or you have access to the Homestar Certified Manual. So let's talk now about what those numbers actually mean or what they mean in the real world. So let's start with this energy uh, health and comfort credit number six, which is pretty important credit as it turns out. It's one of the it's the single biggest credit in the whole tool. And it's all to do with the thermal performance of the house. Now, there's no, uh, it's no coincidence that the, this is basically, we're talking about insulation. And this harps on back to some of the fundamentals that I've mentioned quite a few times on this episode about wraps uh, and gaps, in fact. Um, which is all to do with the thermal envelope of the, of the home. So the, the level of insulation that we have and the uh, air tightness. So how well the, the house seals up. Now those points that I mentioned, the 7.6 required out of the available 15, they are calculated based on the heat energy required to maintain what's deemed as a relatively comfortable temperature. So the set point for this is 18 degrees for the assumed heating season in the particular region. So what that means, let's take the case of here in Auckland. A bunch of calculations have been done based on data, which is available for over six, uh, around 16 different regions across the country. And houses were modelled in those regions to determine what the appropriate level of uh, energy demand would be for a an average averagely insulated house, and there's a a whole bunch of data that is available for figuring out what's what's a good level of energy use. So what we call our our standard condition, and then we can look at a a better house to see if there would be or and, and to find out how much less energy it's going to take to uh, maintain that 18 degrees uh, um, set point. So the 7.6 points actually equates to no more than 104 megajoules per square metre. So that's a, a measure of the amount of energy per square metre that's going to be required in order to maintain a home at 18 degrees Celsius for, in the case of Auckland, 
we're assuming a heating period of just three months. That's from June through to August. And so it goes on up. So the 10 points would be if you have no more than 65 megajoules per square metre and 11.5 points for no more than 43 megajoules per square metre. And once again, all these numbers will be up on homestylegreen.com slash 95. So you don't have to remember them all now. In fact, you shouldn't remember any of these numbers. If you remember anything from this podcast, it's that if you want to achieve a high rating, you need to get the mandatory minimum sorted. And probably the best way to do that is to get in touch with a Homestar Assessor to help you uh, help you out with these details. The, the reason why this is important, though, is just to highlight why things like adding insulation is so important and how that actually translates to having and achieving a good Homestar rating. So the basic concept there is that the, the less energy that the, is, uh, is calculated to be required in order to maintain that healthy, comfortable temperature of 18 degrees, the more points you will be allocated for that energy, health and comfort credit number six. So the less energy required, the more points you get. And those values are slightly different in the 16 different regions that are assigned across the country. So in Christchurch, for example, to achieve the 10 points out of the available 15, you can um, use 178 megajoules per square metre. So that's more than twice the megajoules per square metre allowable in Auckland. And that's just a reflection of the different climate there uh, in the, across the country. Um, but once again, speak to a Homestar Assessor about the those variances. And that is also why, for example, a particular design of a house may achieve a different rating in different parts of the country and why you can't get a design rating just based off a plan, but that plan has to be um, allocated to a certain section in a, in a specific location and in a specific orientation as well. So that is probably one of the, the, the main mandatory minimums. It's not that hard to achieve those threshold uh, levels with a new home. might be a little bit harder in, in, in some regions than others, but in essence, if you have decent levels of insulation, you're probably going to get there. The next category, though, was moisture control. So this is energy, health and comfort credit number seven. And this can trip a few people up, particularly around that six home star level. And like I said, the the three points that you have to get here out of the available four, um, the available four point five in order to achieve six home star or above, is kind of meaningless, and unless you're a home star assessor. So once again, let's pull that apart a bit and have a have a think about what that actually means. So there are four main areas for moisture control. The first one is minimum R values. And that's important because the, the lowest R value that you have in your thermal envelope is your thermal weak point. And that thermal weak point is where the highest risk of condensation is uh, likely to occur. Typically, this is windows, but it could be uh, other points of thermal bridging. And where it's most common, 
where, well, in terms of tripping people up for getting six home star, is in fact the edge of the concrete slab. I'll just come back to that. But the other three points that make up uh, the moisture control credit are extractor fans. That's pretty easy to achieve. Uh, having good passive ventilation, and again, that's pretty easy to achieve by having some level of um, uh, or the ability to keep your windows open safely during the day and, and allowing passive ventilation to occur. Then finally, um, this it sounds a bit weird, but having floor wastes and sink overflows actually fitted and working in bathrooms, laundries and kitchens. It's amazing how many bathrooms I've been to, and some of these are in two-storey houses with the upper-storey bathroom, where there will be no overflow in the bath or sink, uh, or there might be an overflow in the sink, but it's not actually connected to anything. Uh, and I know, having children in my place, that there, it's only a matter of time before the bathroom gets flooded inadvertently with something being left in the bath or the tap being left on. And that's why it's important to have an overflow because eventually it's going to happen. And when it does happen, the water's not going to stay in your bathroom. It's going to go uh, down the hallway. And typically that hallway has carpet. And once carpet in the middle of a house gets wet, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to dry it out completely. And basically that leads to mold. So that's the underlying reason for all of these moisture control uh, fundamentals, actually. But particularly the the sink overflows and and bath and, and laundry sink uh, wastes and floor wastes. So floor waste is, a, is another way of achieving that same goal. If, you're, if you have a bath, a lot of baths, uh, particularly um, baths with legs, with feet that sit in the middle of the room, nice ornate ones, they're probably not going to have an overflow. But the thing to do there would be to have a floor waste in the middle of the floor. So if you do end up with a bit of flooding, it's going to drain away quickly before it goes out into the rest of the into the rest of the house. So there's no one thing in the moisture control category that that is going to contribute to those three out of four point five points. It's going to be a combination of all those factors. So you're going to have to have a little bit of everything in order to achieve that three. But one that you will have to have will be an R value of at least 1.5 uh, in the floor. Now, a typical concrete floor on grade, so just sitting on the ground, is probably going to be around 1.3 because that's the code required, uh, the code requirement for a concrete slab in New Zealand. So it needs to be a little bit above the, the code requirement and in most regions, or in some regions, to achieve that 1.5 for the uh, concrete floor R value, you will have to have edge insulation on that slab. And for those of you that listen to more than a couple of episodes, you'll know that's one of my favorite topics. And we've got uh, a couple of other episodes dedicated just to that topic. So I'll put links to those in the post at um, homestylegreen.com slash 95. You can check those out. So that was our second one, moisture control. So we've done mandatory minimums for whole house thermal performance and also moisture control. And you'll note that R value is and insulation levels are 
that they appear in both of those. So it just really does emphasise that importance of getting the 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 fabric of the house right first. That those fundamentals of getting good levels of insulation all the way around the house. The first one is about the average um, R value of the whole house. The second one is about that those weak spots. Those, so the the minimum. R values in around the edge of the house and and around the windows and things like that. So the final one that we uh, we talked about as a mandatory minimum was water efficiency, and of the three, this is probably the easiest to get right. Uh, the the guidance there isn't um, hidden in some level of uh, arbitrary uh, what might what might seem as an arbitrary performance criteria. They're fairly well spelled out. You just need to have a shower with a flow rate of nine liters per minute or less and a, a dual flush toilet. But just by way of reference, the water efficiency labeling scheme or WELLS database is a fantastic and very user-friendly resource. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, so head on over. You can look up any fitting or any water appliance that's available in Australia and New Zealand and you can find the uh, the wells rating for that so and that also includes the um the average consumption of that appliance or fitting as well so if you're not sure of the flow rate of a tap or if you want to know the uh the, the approximate water usage of say a, a washing machine or a dishwasher head on over to that wells database and have a look it's a it's a great resource so that uh wraps up the topic today of Homestar mandatory minimums. Like I said, the main takeaway from this is not to learn what all the numbers and the facts and figures are. It's probably, there are two key messages here. One is that mandatory minimums really do matter. And no matter how many points you collect for having great solar panels, a really good vegetable garden, composting bins, good waste management, all the rest of it, and all that really good stuff that's important, you need to get these fundamentals right. It's completely in line with my uh, wraps, gaps, taps fundamentals, and you can check that that episode as well. I'll put a link to that. But you need to get those fundamentals of the design right, and these these mandatory minimums definitely emphasise that point. The second takeaway take is to get a home star assessor on board early on in your design process. Whether you're renovating or doing a new build, um, it's great to get a home star assessor or a practitioner involved in that process as soon as you can so that you make sure you get these things nailed and you won't have to be uh, incorporating some design changes, which can be costly, further on down the path. Hope uh, you found that useful. I have a couple of requests before we uh, before I go this week. One is if you have any questions about that topic, then I'd love to hear from you. And indeed, if you want some help with your Homestar rating, then definitely get in touch as well because, as I mentioned, I am an assessor. Um, but there are also there's a register of other assessors available on the New Zealand Green Building Council website as well. And there's a link to that register in the notes for this episode. Um, also, if you have a topic that you're interested in, then I'd love to hear about 
that as well, please send me an email at matthew at homestylegreen.com or you can put something up on the Facebook page, Twitter, or you can just reply to the show notes in the episode for this episode of the podcast. That is homestylegreen.com slash 95. And finally, I'm looking for good examples of houses done well and uh, homeowners who may, perhaps wouldn't be um, afraid to talk about their experience in, in producing that house, and also good designers, always on the lookout for good designers and good architects. My plan for 2015 is to pack the episodes full with great architects from around the world and also um, real people who are living in sustainable houses. So if you know anyone who fits into either of those categories, um, let me know. I can do the work and uh, contact them and set up an interview, but I'd love to hear your ideas for people that you'd like to listen to. That's it for me. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure. Until next week, go make a better place to live. <laughs>